0: Welcome to the Night Nerd Podcast. I'm your host, Lance, and we have a very special, special guest with us today. The other day was San Diego Comic-Con, and I know people will talk about the movies and stuff, but it's a Comic-Con to me. I'd love to hear the comic book announcements and see what publishers are doing. And One of the coolest announcements to come out of Comic-Con was stuff from Cena Grace, and we are so honored to have Cena here with us today. Cena, how are you doing today?
1: I'm good. I am good i'm I'm sort of still playing catch up from just being at comic-con for one day but it it really does take a lot out of you like preparing and being there and then recovering even even when you think like okay i'll just be there for literally like 20 hours like in and out of san diego i still well, i don't need a lot of last week to recover <laughs>
0: oh i imagine and you're you're not too far from i mean it's still a trip for you but it's not like cross-country trips so that's kind of nice
1: yeah, I was able to drive down and I I have some friends who are not in comics. And so I was able to just stay at a pal's house. And that's a I mean, that's a huge privilege to, you know, really just for the tank of gas, get down there and, you know, luckily because I'm a professional, I don't even have to, you know, pay for my badge. So it was, yeah, it was it was a really great kind of like it was not the biggest expense uh to get my butt down there, except the day was so packed and I had just scheduled so many things as we'll discuss in a second that I I pre-packed my lunch because I didn't think I was going to get time to eat um so that was an expense to just kind of like you know pre-pay for what is essentially like you know 12 hours of food and like and and 12 hours I wanted like good combustion food you know like otherwise I would have just ordered a slice of pizza but I wanted to make sure that I was firing an all-cylinders not tuckering out halfway and and sounding like an idiot
0: because you did uh, your schedule you know i know leading up to it, you posted it was i mean almost all day it was panel after panel after panel how exciting and and grueling was that
1: it was i mean it was it was grueling it was cool no it was really cool actually so i guess we'll let's get to the announcement part first i guess (laughs) I, I went there to announce um, a young adult Superman book that I'm writing and drawing called The Harvests of Youth with DC Comics. Um, and then I also held off on, uh, instead of announcing it during Pride Month, I, I kind of used the spotlighty panel at the end of the day to show more art from Superman and then talk about um, the fact that this one shot I did in February, Rockstar and Softboy did so well that uh, image invited me to do a sequel uh, where rockstar and Softboy go to space. And I'm, I'm really excited. And they're also going to be in, uh, this, the image anthology issue six. So, um, it just cool to celebrate sort of DC, you know, giving me access to this amazing iconic character that I, before, uh, a meeting with an editor never thought I deserved. And then, uh, and then to do this thing that was like so specifically for my friends um, for that to be successful and and to have this independent comic, you know, work out. It was just a, it was it was a victory lap. But the thing was, I guess, like, DC, I guess, had thought I was a special guest this year because I was a special guest at their at their fun Thanksgiving Comic Con, the special edition test out one where they were like working out how do we you know safely do this while there are active viruses um and so they're like yeah we're gonna announce it because you're there and I was like no I'm not gonna be there uh and then it it just turned into this like okay well I want to go because I (laughs) you know so it was crazy but it was yeah and and I just you know I did a carpe diem basically where especially with the context and and the subject of like COVID-19 and being trapped at home um I did hit a point of like oh yeah like that could have been it not my life but the comic stuff because I'm not I'm not like James Tynan and Brian Bendis where you know there will always be some level of opportunity and and some sort of modicum of success just because of what has been built with them um and so therefore I, I am in this weird middle place where I could kind of keep afloat, but I wasn't, I wasn't getting a million gigs, but I wasn't completely dropped the way some of my peers were where it's like, okay, like, you know, um, so I, I'm at a place of gratitude and I just thought, all right, this, Yeah, I don't know when this will happen again. So I have to just sort of dive in, go with, you know, a big smile on my face and and say yes to everything and, and celebrate, you know, the convention being back in full swing and, But yeah, it was, um, interviews started at 10 (laughs) a.m. And then there was the DC panel at 12.30. And then I did actually get to have lunch. And then, well, oh, then I had a panel about like young adult stuff with like Legendary and Tapas. And then after that was a signing at the Image Comics booth. And then I very quickly went to like a D.C. mixer to say hi to, you know, powerful and friendly people (laughs) and say thanks for everything. Um, And then I went back into the convention floor for a 7.30 p.m. panel. Um, And then I had dinner with my host and drove home at like 10 (laughs) o'clock.
0: That's like, you know, those cons where they are like the guerrilla style cons where you go in you do everything and you head out and it's at least you didn't have to like table and set up and all that stuff it was it was panels and stuff
1: i will say though i did i did kind of have to carry a bunch of stuff because as you um are receiving in the next few days because you ordered one and i appreciate it and it got sent out today um i i wanted to surprise people at my seven thirty p.m panel with um the the superman sketchbook that i was you know, kind of wanted it to be this like, whoa, you got to come to this panel thing. Um, and and I'm to reward those people. Um, and uh, so I had to carry that box with me. Mm-hmm. As I said, I had to carry my food with me. Um, and then I also had like a shoulder bag of like, just survival stuff like my charger, my iPad, because I needed my iPad for the panel. Uh, and then also, and this was totally worth the struggle and the weight but uh i also had to carry um my copy of wonder woman dead earth by daniel warren johnson because he was on the panel with us at at the twelve thirty dc panel um and it was really great i just i thought it would be really funny to go on the panel and describe the superman book as wonder woman dead earth but if daniel had listened to taylor Swift's folklore and and i told him before i was like like i'm gonna do a gag uh, like pure love, like I think it'll be funny, and he's like, "Oh yeah!" And then hand me the book. I was like, "Okay." And so then during the panel, he like took the book from me, and like while other people were talking about projects or while I was blathering, he did this like insane Wonder Woman sketch for me in the book, and it just was this like it. Anyway, it was really cool, and it was really like you know like that's what these cons are for these weird magic moments. Um, where we all just get to kind of like be nerds and celebrate the stuff we love and, and, you know, surprise each other with like random acts of kindness. He's that kind of dude though. He's a really, his heart is gigantic. Um, so, you know, I just had a lot of stuff with me and I had to carry it with me because I didn't have, I didn't have a place to drop it off. I didn't have a, a table, which I feel like if you do have a table, then just load in, load out sucks. But for me the entire day was load in load out but um but yeah it was cool it was cool and i, I there's a part of me that's like maybe only going for one day is the is the trick.
0: yeah well next year if you need an assistant slash pack mule or whatever just,
1: just
0: <laughs> give me a shout i'll, I'll come out no <laughs>
1: um do you I, have I, I, oh, watch, watch out <laughs> <laughs> watch out yeah uh,
0: do you still have some of the books available on your website
1: yeah, I think I have like five more left. I it's you know I I just kind of put the extras I had up there because um, I printed to the capacity of the room, um, even though I could have kind of guessed I wouldn't fill an entire room Saturday at seven thirty p.m. Last minute announcement. <laughs> um, so I, I came home with like a couple dozen extras, and I just thought, okay, like. You know, this thing cost me money, might as well make my money back. Um, so, yeah, I think I have five minutes more. And then I'm going to hold on to like a few, few more for when the book comes out. And I'll send those like two people with like advanced copies just to, you know, really get them, really get them into it. I, you know, this is, this is, again, it, you never know. And this might be my only shot with like Clark Kent as the main character. So, I, well, I my shot.
0: I'm really looking I have. In, in our house we have books everywhere and I have a, a shelf that's all Chuck Palnick and I call it my Palnick perch and then right next to it is my Sina shelf so all the trays of your books and stuff are on my Sina shelf and it's it's so yeah I'm, I'm excited about the book this is a younger Clark Kent this is uh yeah kind of can you describe kind of the setting where he's at in his life during this
1: yeah, he's um so he's a teenager, we're totally like it's funny I like went to the original editor editor Diego Lopez and I was like can we just bypass the like rocket ship stuff and the krypton stuff like come on we all know that and she was like hell yes, like I'm tired of that too. You know, it's kind of like the Spider-Man Homecoming thing where it's just like we already no matter who you are, it's permeated in your subconscious like who Superman is and how he got here. So I think what I was really excited to do and the thing I talked about a lot at comic-con was like, I didn't, I, I, I went into that pitch meeting with her, um, trying to sell my editor D on my then editor, uh, on a green arrow, black canary book. Um, because I just thought that's sort of where I thrive is with, I don't want to say B characters, but not, you know, not the, Freaking trinity, the holy trinity of, of DC comics. And, uh, and so I, I spent 45 minutes just like telling her this like long dramatic thing about, you know, how, why this book is going to be so good. And she was like, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, write a pitch document, but, um, what do you think about Superman? And, and, uh, and it, and it you know, I didn't, I never did. And I, and I always kind of, you know, two reasons I kind of just was like, he's such a hard character to write in abstract. And I also just never thought anyone would want me to or care what I have to say. And she was just like, I'd be really curious to hear your perspective on like a young Clark Kent learning to become a man. Um, And, you know, and that's and it did become super interesting because it's it's actually leaning into the fact that he's invincible. You know, in my book, there is no. Uh, kryptonite you know what I mean he doesn't know what'll kill him and there's um there's a there's a death like on page 12 and that sort of sets off a lot of things in the book that but it you know but it does it does kind of revolve around Clark being like oh everyone around me is gonna die and like how what can I do to preserve and protect that and uh you know he faces some challenges where you can't you can't punch things, you know what I mean? Like, and it's a teen drama, right? So it's like, it's not just sort of what, like like a clickbaity headline just came out this weekend. And I was like, God damn it. But, um, so it's not just, you know, like the form of like one example of something that happens in the book is there is a little bit, like there is a little bit of like an online hate aspect to it, or or there is this sort of growing insidiousness in Smallville that he can't lay hands on, you know, but you also can't, heal a broken heart with superpowers either so um it's just all of the feels it's really good and 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 it's really I had a really great time also like modernizing and recontextualizing some of these characters like I I think it's been a really long time since folks have explored a teen Lex Luthor especially with you know I'll just say it here like kind of like with like the Elon Musks out there in the world I think a lot if we were going to talk about uh, comparisons or analogs or dialogues to sort of what we are dealing with in real time I think people were kind of like doing more Trumpian take on Lex Luthor and and that's never been him to me you know what I mean I, I've never thought of him as that way I've thought of him as like really cunning and like his ego is a bit of a proof is in the pudding like hyper intellect thing like like he's just been he proves himself right so many times that he thinks he can do no wrong. And, and having that, like looking at that at the age of 16, you know what I mean? Like looking at that when he can't even drive, like it's, I I'm, I'm so excited. And uh, yeah, these, these are just characters. I, I really fell in love with and, um, and it was great to look at Smallville and um, really think of it as a city. I I've gone to, sorry, I'm just blathering, but that's why I'm here. Right. Um <laughs>
0: yeah. makes my job easier. But gone,
1: yeah, but no, I'd, I'd gone to Cleveland uh, for a, a speaking engagement before COVID, like in 2019, and that really influenced a lot of this book. And I was so bummed out that I, I, I kept telling, I, I told one of my friends there in secret, I was like, "I'm working on a Superman book, and I really want to come back to Cleveland, and I also want to like interview farmers and like." learn a little bit more about farm life. And unfortunately that didn't work out, but you know, Google and friends with that background did me plenty of justice.
0: I I think like you said, this part of his life, there's not a whole lot. And during lockdown, we actually rewatched Smallville, the series. And I'm already on board with yours because rewatching it. I never realized Lex Luthor is like almost an adult in that. Like he's in college hanging out with all these freshmen in high school. and It's, super creepy so seeing him on that same level i think uh, is going to make for a better foil or you know the relationship there and the conflict there is going to be a little more interesting to me because uh, yeah rewatching smallville it was it, it doesn't hold up as well as i had hoped but
1: uh <laughs> yeah no i re I rewatched it too mainly because i was like okay what's been done i don't want to do that and then I, I forgot how much the first season was Monster of the Week because of, like, uh, kryptonite infections or whatever it was. Yeah. And and it just got so high concept so fast. And, yeah, they grew up really fast. And, um, you know, I'm someone who I think, like, even with everything that's come out about Joss Whedon, like, I can't stop myself from, like, if I'm just down in in the pits or whatever, like, I'll just watch Buffy season two because I just... I think there's so much to that part of your life where you are so complicated already. You are already such a complex human. And then you're also at a point where your parents don't have the answers because they are so far removed from your generation that they don't understand these modern complexities. And so then add to that superpowers and add to that being an actual alien, Um, you know, Mon, Pa, Ken, don't know. And I'm not going to go, you know, it's funny because like I, i'm saying over and over again like mon Kent won't always have the answers but i'm not gonna go in the Zack snyder direction of like pa Kent just gives like nihilistic insane advice <laughs> um yeah I,
0: I, so with this project you know doing writing and art how was how is that maybe nicer to kind of get back to because you know you have a a lot of books like self-obsessed stuff that you wrote and drew was it nice to kind of get back into drawing your own stuff instead of just scripting
1: um no well it's funny because I can communicate with myself like there's a page I'm drawing right now that like I said like note to self like don't forget like he's holding this thing and I totally like did have to redraw like a panel on a page because like I completely Completely forgot he was holding the thing um, so it's like I know myself and I can tell myself like Ugh! like you know um, I think the other thing that's nice is just because because the editor is not me like if it was an image comics book it's like, like I make those things in a vacuum and they just sort of get the finished product for better and for worse whereas you know the editor kind of has to see a complete script and that I think is the biggest shift is I hadn't worked on a graphic novel entirely from start to finish without drawing a portion of it. Like they wanted the entire book done. They wanted it revised, you know, and that's, and that's how graphic novels are done. Right. But not when you're me at image and I, I trick Eric Stevenson into letting me put out a book and I'm just building the book, you know, like in a manner, matter of months, like in a crazy mosaic of, story pages so it was nice to be structured and it was nice to um to have that to like really think things out and be really methodical about it and and uh and you know now I I have written a few graphic novels that'll come out when we're both older um and it is a great process um because you get to like live in the world and 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 also really take your time and and get legitimate feedback but uh yeah no the drawing part the drawing part's been what's I think, the most flexible on DC's end because I, we reached a rhythm with me and my current editor, Sarah Miller. Like, she just knows. Like, Well, I told her, I was like, look, can I just, like, I feel like my tight pencils are so tight that it's kind of slowing me down to stop and send them to you for approval. Can I just send you the inks? And if you have any issues, I will gladly redraw them. And so that sort of trust is really great and I don't know if that's a uh, because I'm doing both aspects that it is because she doesn't need the writer to sign off right like so it's just me and her um but you know that trust fall is great and knowing myself to know that I won't have the ego to get upset if she asks for a redraw like um so it's been great it's there's there's like a lot of synchronicity in the process
0: yeah that's right really, I like so I'm, I'm really excited to to see it um, with these DCYA books, because they're they're big hits in our house, I know a lot of them. They and this you can't speak to this because secrecy and stuff. But you know, a lot of them have volume one, volume two, volume three sequels and things. Would you ever consider coming back to Superman after after this experience?
1: Yeah, a thousand percent. I think you know. I mean, I definitely kept itself contained but there was some stuff I wanted to do that you know even with 180 pages which is like nuts to me uh, uh, there's still some stuff that didn't make it in and I think also uh, you know that like I really I really give a lot of Smallville characters an arc and and a story and a perspective and I would definitely be glad to like live with them a little more. I, it would be crazy though. Cause I feel like if I did a sequel, then they would want it, you know, within like a year and a half <laughs> because that's how it works. Right. And I think they, you know, it's hard to predict with a lot of these books, but obviously I think the Cami Garcia, Gabriel Piccolo books, like they, they caught on pretty quick, like, Oh crap. Like these are huge. Like we need these to kind of come out. Um, so yeah, I would, I would be open to it. I would just kind of have to be like, Oh, how do I do this again? Because I'm not going to have, you know, two years trapped at home um, with no expectations.
0: Yeah. And this so speaking, you mentioned the, the Trinity earlier, before we were recording, we were talking about how now you've written Superman, you've written Wonder Woman and you've written in a Batman book. Uh, your Gotham girl backups are great. And they're, I've enjoyed all of them. And I love you've tweeted out a couple of things about, you know, when you wrote this, by the time it came out, like how it's even more uh, impactful and everything like that. Would you ever think of actually writing Batman, like Batman proper, a Batman story? No.
1: I mean, it's just, well, it's, and that's, and that's the difference between, I think, Superman and Batman is like, I think Batman's a little intimidating to me. Just, it's the same thing I had at marvel where like i never wanted to write logan cuz i just kind of wanted to like stay a fan and also like not worry about messing up the cookies that being said it's like i i loved the the minutes i spent in gotham city and i love um claire gotham girl herself and and i love all of the robins and so like i'd be fine if he shows up in a book and does the batman thing where he like barely says anything but like you know, helps the character move along or like snaps them out of their malaise. I'd be fine to do that, but I, I think it'd be very stressful for me to have like a perspective on Bruce Wayne, especially cause I thought Mariko's run was really, really good. And just, and then Chip Zdarsky, I only read the first issue of his, um, but I thought that was also just like a great book and so much fun. And so I, I don't know. I, I would need to learn a lot about like science and martial arts and, criminal psychology before i would think to to do batman because those are the best ones right where like it touches on some real ass shit
0: <laughs> yeah I, lo- I love tynan tynan's detective was the the crew he built and stuff i really enjoyed it but after hearing you say that like i i need to see you on like a robin book or something i think that would be awesome uh, just the way the voices you give to your characters and stuff um that any any robin damian dick uh tim stephanie any of them i would love to see your take on on one of those i think that would be long long form you know uh, i think that would be a lot of
1: fun yeah cross your eyes nose and toes i mean my dream is like catwoman even though i don't have necessarily like a story i just have a perspective on her but like she's so cool and you know i think like she has peaks and valleys as a character and i you know and i and i think she's got she's on a peak right now and so Whenever there's a valley, I'll, I'll come in and be like, please. <laughs> and save the day. Uh, you, you mentioned your other big announcement,
0: the Rockstar and boy go to space. The, mm-hmm. How is that process, you know, not just, you mentioned the image versus the DC mm-hmm. and doing it all within your bubble versus feedback and things. Uh, but the your approach to the stories, because again, these are, your your characters, you know how how is your approach to these more personal characters different than your big three or your your mainstream books?
1: Yeah, so Rockstar and Softboy, for people who don't know, it's um it's this book that is a like kind of hyperfiction about two gay best friends who live in Los Angeles, and there's like all forms of sort of fantasy and magic in this like near norm core book. Um, and uh, basically, they try to throw a party to get the soft boy character laid. And uh, Rockstar accidentally summons this creature called the party animal who ruined the party and also might ruin their friendship. So like, that, that you know, the book just really, really, like, leans heavy into the power of friendship. And, the power of queer friendship and you know community and whatnot, and and I just loved it, and it was really a reaction to uh, me and Josh Trujillo, who's also a great comic book writer, um, us bonding really hardcore doing that DC Round Robin competition, and um, I just wanted to honor that that vibe, and uh, so the thing that goes on in my head making this next one is just sort of like, what are the nuances and complications of friendship that I haven't already explored? Because I did that book with Omar Spahi getting it together. And that covers a lot of stuff too, you know, especially with like, I think a lot of my books talk about how friendship can be just as codependent as a romantic relationship or a blood relation, relationship, sorry, like a family relative, whatever. <laughs> Um, and, and I didn't want to, you know, and and it's like, okay, well, what hasn't been told or what layer hasn't been talked about the way I would talk about it with these characters and, you know, what's a, what's a pivot that hasn't been done. And, and that's sort of where, where I'm at with them. And, and then, you know, but then it also goes to like, what's a really funny thing like I went through or me and my friends went through and how do I make it hyperfiction and, um, With this one, the story came to me because my friend is dating someone, like, ridiculous, like, and, and and you know, like, you'll understand, like, the level of ridiculousness, like, this person. And then I was dating someone who was, like, pretty, like, a big deal in the gay world or, like, the gay trendy world. And uh, one of us texted the other, which was just like, oh, my God, if we get dumped, like, this city is just going to be, like, full of, like... Like triggers and reminders, and like here's like it's just going to be the worst. Um, and so, in Rockstar Soft Boy, they end up dating um, the Venue Brothers, Peter and Paul Venue, um, and they own all the venues in LA. And yeah, they get dumped, and so they're just like suddenly like not allowed in any venue, and they have no social cachet anymore. So, what do they do? They pack their bags and they hit the road and they go to space, um, where more stuff happens, more crazy things happen. But that was just sort of the, the start of it is like, oh, like, let's just completely depower both of them um, and see what happens to them and their friendship when, you know, yeah, they're, they're both knocked down a peg. Um, and then let's throw them in a new context and space where we meet a new character named Softest Boy, um, who is actually like more of a foil to Rockstar than to Soft Boy.
0: Nice. I'm I'm really excited about it. (laughs) One thing I do like about all of your books is so many of them are a love letter to LA, you know, like in Ghost in LA, when you were recommending places to go eat and go drink and go hang out and everything you write, you know, what is your connection or what do you feel like your character's connection is to the city? Do you try and bring like you said, the hyper realization of your life in there, or you say, okay, well, maybe, maybe Gotham girl wouldn't go, or, I mean, or Clark may not go to LA and do this, or if he did, you know, how how much of yourself and your town do you put in your stories before you have to say, okay, this isn't a travel guide. I gotta, I gotta cut back a little bit.
1: Yeah. Well, with Smallville and Clark Kent in particular, because it's such a smaller uh, orbit, I think I was a pretty wholesome teenager, so I I think I honored the level me and my friends were at in terms of, like, our definition of fun, but then juxtaposed it with, like, the private school kids, and that's sort of, like, what Lex Luthor is. Like, um, I don't know if this is going to get to print, but as of right now, like, there's a scene where him and Clark are having lunch, and, like, Lex is, like, drinking wine at lunch, and, like, Clark is, like... You're drinking wine, and like Lex is like, oh my god, it's like table wine, not that like chill out, like, um, and just sort of those clashing perspectives. Um, but I think I was very like gee, gosh, like OMG as as a little teenager. Um, you know, I think it's well, it's the thing of like I don't, I don't want to get so specific that people can't relate, but then I also want to, you know, you do kind of like it, it, it's a little like the Alanis Morissette lyric of like, you know, like, will she go down on you in a theater where like, oh, sometimes the specificity paints such a vital picture to the blood of the, you know, the thing. Um, So I don't know, I mix and match. I think it's a little subconscious, honestly. But like with Gotham Girl, I see Gotham City as more of a, like, if I lived in like, a more densely packed city, like, like Manhattan or something, and Um, that, you know, Gotham city feels like a city with seasons and Los Angeles doesn't. And that's the, I guess that's the other thing too, with the Superman book is the season plays a big deal. Like it's very like autumnal in terms of like tone and color and vibe and, you know, changes around the corner and change might not be good. So I think, you know, I think it's a little subconscious, but it's there. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I mean, like I said, I love it. It it reminds me, like when I'm playing the Assassin's Creed games, and it's like, then you see a picture of Rome or somewhere in Italy, you're like, oh yeah, I know. Oh no, I don't know that. I just saw it in a video game, and how I see. We watch a lot of cooking shows and travel shows, and I see stuff referenced that you've referenced. i was like, oh, I know. No, I don't actually know that, but I know about that. So from an outsider's point of view, (laughs) it's really cool. It's it's really fun to to see that. You know, just have. I feel like I have a fake familiarity with it because, you know, if somebody asks me where to eat, I have recommendations, even though I've never been to LA, I can send them in the right direction. It's a, it's
1: I'm, new. I'm the exact guy.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't know what it, like I said, uh, Chuck Palahniuk, one of my other favorite writers does the same thing. I guess I have a, a thing for writers who love where they're at and, and stuff. Uh, when, when do these projects come out? When can we start by, I saw on Amazon, um, Rockstar and softball is available for pre-order. Uh, I, and, yeah, but that, I uh,
1: um, yeah, that'll come out January 2023, and then Superman—it's a long time away, so we have a lot of time to to get people pre-ordering it. But that's going to be October 2023, and I think we just wanted to get ahead of um, for book market books that information gets like planted. On the internet like way in advance and i think we just wanted to make sure like that we were the one talking about it and, and showcasing it not like you know like bleeding cool like getting the announcement before us even though you know sometimes bleeding cool is the bomb sometimes it's not <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's a,
0: it's a it's a crap shoot with them uh, yeah i'm really excited i already like i said you're you're one of the writers that at my local comic shop they know if a project is announced like just add it to my pool because that's that's what I want, and so I'm as soon as these are available in whatever form, Diamond's going to be at uh, next year. Who, who knows what that's going to be? But I'm yeah, they know as soon as it's available for order to, that I need a copy, and I'm I'm really excited about it. Oh, thank you. Oh yeah, <laughs> nice. So, uh, are there any other cool projects you can tease or want to plug? Or I mean, I know, like I said, these two projects are huge. The Superman one, especially, like I said, 180 pages. That's most people don't write that many in a in years and you're doing it you know in a short amount of time and
1: so that that's crazy that's awesome (laughs) it's yeah I mean like yeah it's you all I mean yeah um sorry you know it is there there's a level of gratitude that I I have and I'm um, I'm you know it's like I I give I'm giving it everything because I just don't know what's next um yeah I like I have like a cute a scary story in um, an Archie comics book this October. I forget. Oh, it's like the chilling suspense or something. I'm so sorry. They like announced like chilling adventures and sorcery, I think is the one I have a story in. And um, it's a Veronica story. And anytime I get to play in the Archie comics world, I'm very happy because they are, these characters are just, there they're sort of like the cast of friends, like they have perfect chemistry and, but as opposed to the cast of friends, they're, they're very malleable, and you can throw them in any context and play with those, uh, interactions and, and just have a blast. And, um, yeah, the, like the minute, uh, they reached out asking if I'd be interested, I was like, can I have Veronica? Cause I've, I've never I've never really worked with that character and gotten to spend time with her. Like I, I get to have her say a few pithy lines here and there, but um it was fun. It was really neat. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. Image number six in September has Rockstar and Softboy. Um, and uh and then yeah, October, uh Chilling Adventures and Sorcery, and then there's something in November I can't talk about, and then January, more Rockstar and Softboy.
0: Nice. Yeah. I'm, and I'm excited to see you back in Archie because, you know, you introduced the Archie multiverse in at Time Police and then like the next week it was on the, the show or whatever when Sabrina showed up. But I was like, oh, hey, that, w- that was really cool. So seeing you come back to those characters is a lot of fun. Uh, before we go, I have one one final question. I, I was doing my due diligence and just making sure, you know, I, I knew everything that was coming up a while back you made in this after you left marvel and you wrote your letter and all that you made a comment about wanting to write web of spider bitch and that is on somebody put that on your wikipedia page that is a title you are currently working on is that i i know no, it's not I don't but know. how does that I like haunt, It haunt you now how's
1: no it doesn't <laughs> haunt me i would i would break bread i would i mean you know i'm already at a little bit of a i feel like just seeing the way Marvel's treating a lot of my friends for the better and how they're shepherding some talent. Like I'm already at a place of like, I could, but no, I would, for Spider Bitch, <laughs> it'll never happen because of the name, but like, <laughs> yeah, for Spider Bitch, I would, I would uh, drop everything and humble myself to, uh, you know, see what they want me to apologize for and potentially apologize for it. And then, but also be like, you have to apologize for some stuff too. <laughs> yeah yeah i
0: just i think it's funny how it's everywhere I like that that's a book you're you're working on so i'm i'm maybe someday you know maybe they'll bring back their uh what was the max imprint line or whatever they had the more mature line and that'll that'll kick it off but but awesome we'll Sina, always a pleasure thank you so very much uh everybody go to your local comic shops or wherever you buy comics pre-order pre-order pick up what's out there we look forward to everything. And yeah, uh, I can't wait till till next time we get to talk. Thanks so much. Thank you.